You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I truly believe what I said this morning. If every Christian would exercise, they, they say there's 232 million, 238 million Christians in America. I, I don't know where they come up with that. 68% of the country claims to be Christian. But if that were true, we all had a gift and or gift from God, and we used it every day. That'd be over 200 million gifts being used of God every single day, seven days a week. Just think what could happen in America if we would teach someone the Bible. If we'd give helps to people along the way. If we just serve God. If we would, if we would preach and be a pastor. There's so much we can do for the work of God. If it can be people of faith and people that give. America, America is ripe for revival. I'm not one of these gloom and doomers think it's over. I don't think so. You say, well, churches are closing down. Left and right, they're closing down. Maybe we'll find out we needed the church. Maybe we'll find out that God sent his son and he gave his life for the church. And why, pray tell, are most churches closed tonight? I believe in the church. Tonight I want to speak about stay with the house of God. Stay with the house of God. The word house is found 55 times in these 10 chapters. And that, the vast majority of them say house of God, house of God, house of God. Here they've been in captivity. Nehemiah, next book, he was still in captivity. He was cupbearer. He received permission to go back when he heard the condition of his city. Ezra is going to build the foundation and try to get the temple up. Nehemiah is going to put the wall around two million Jews so they can be protected from enemies and from wild beasts. There was a work for all of them to do. It was all about the house of God. Now I want to tell you, and I have a sweet wife that's in church tonight, and I tell you the first time in 10 weeks, she's been in Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and you know the health situation, but I'm just so thankful she's here, and she's grateful. We, we live for the church. We have a wave in this country. Some folks get old and they think, well, I, I, I did the church thing my whole life. I, I drove buses, I taught Sunday school, I was a deacon, I was in the choir, now it's resting time. Well, why don't you just die? I love the choir number tonight. Keep on the firing line. If you're in the battle for the Lord, I hope, I hope the last, I, I don't want to die. We had the same church, two pastors, Baptist pastors in this city die on the pulpit since I pastored this church. I hope I don't die in the pulpit. I kind of like to, I mean, a lot of drama there. I don't want to do that for your little kids. But I hope it's on a Sunday night I die. I hope I serve God and serve God and serve God and go home and, and, and do what you're supposed to do on Sunday night. Eat anything you want in the refrigerator. Anything. It's all blessed, good food, ice cream, chocolate. I mean, it's all good stuff. Then tell my wife and my kids and grandkids around, I love you all so much. Stay faithful to God and die. 
I'd rather live and go by way of the rapture. You figured out from you can tell. My grandparents were alive. They were all born in 1886, 87. They'd be 130-some years old. They came to this country, and I'll tell you what, and we landed in Wisconsin, and they went to church, German church, German Baptist church, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, they were in church. My grandfather's worked on the, my one grandfather passed away in his 40s. My grandmother passed away in her 40s. My mother never had him there for the wedding. My grandmother, other grandmother passed away. I only saw her one time. My grandfather passed away at 89 years of age. Got to see him a few times. But you know, they came to America. They just went to church, worked on the farms, worked in the factories at the same time, went to Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. My dad, my dad would talk about, my dad would talk about a revival experience. I've never seen really a revival. I want to see a revival in my life. I mean a moving where God just gets hold. I've been in a lot of gospel evangelistic crusade services, but I mean a, a moving where God gets hold. And my dad said in Racine, Wisconsin, uh, outside a little Racine, a little a community there, uh, a man came in and preached, and he preached Sunday through Saturday revival. They had morning prayer. Guys would go to the farm, get off at the uh, factory, come in, and, and then evening, every evening a service. After a week, he said, I feel like I need to continue on. He went the second week, went the third week, went the fourth week, went the fifth week, went the sixth week. It's after six weeks, crowds kept coming and people getting right with God. I said, Dad, who was that man? He said, John R. Rice. Preached every night, every day, prayer meetings. Christians getting right with one another. Old people get old and they think they don't need God's house. We want so much, my theme for my life this year is so much the more. I need God's house. I'm not, by the grace of God, gonna lay out a church. I'm not gonna lay out of Wednesday night, Sunday night, Sunday school. Say, well, haven't you learned it by this time in your life? Haven't you learned all from Sunday school? No, I learned it more and I can, I can, I can sing. Brother Doug, I was enjoying watching you sing tonight. You've sung those songs so many times, so many times, but he still gets happy singing them. I love Laura Carl Hart. I watch you. I just watch you so much in your church. Still loves preaching. Been going to church. I, uh, Joe Henry Hanks, I think, led, uh, you got saved in his ministry in 1949. He's been saved a while. Lieutenant, uh, uh, Colonel, uh, Colonel Harder. I mean, he's been with this thing. He's given himself to his country, military, and space, space program, and all that he's done. But guess where he's at? Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. You get old, keep going to church. And then we got young, young kids nowadays, young couples nowadays. You're, I'll tell you what, I'm not a betting man, but if I was betting, I could, I could win the bet. You go ahead and neglect God, it will surface. Maybe not in a week, maybe not in a month, maybe not in a year, but not very long. You know, the longest backslider we had in the Bible is nine months. People laying out of church, I tell you, I tell you one reason, one, backslidden. Or two, we were talking about this mistreatment this week, never got saved. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. You want to you you, you be around the things of God. 
Many shall come in that last day and say, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Have we not cast out demons in thy name? And they'll say, depart from me, I never knew you. Our churches are filled, I think, many times with lost people. Let me tell you what a lost person is. You are slipping right into an eternity without God called a place called hell. You must be born again. There's an urgency in my heart. I want to preach with more urgency today than I've ever preached in my life. We are running out of time in 2023. He's coming again. We ought to get everyone in, and we ought to get all God's people in the things of God. The book of Ezra is a great book. It deals with the house of God, the house of God, the house of God. God's given me many titles in my life. I was a son. I'm not a son anymore. My parents are all gone. But I was a son for many years. I'm a husband for over 50 years. I'm a father for the 40-some years. I'm a grandfather for 20-some years. I'm a pastor. I'm I'm a relative. But I tell you what, every hat I wear and every hat you wear, every hat I wear has been blessed by the house of God. I love church. I live for church. Being a pastor is the most wonderful thing in the world. But you know, there are things come at you every day thinking, Lord, why? Why? Why, why, why is this coming now? You say, well, how do you make it through? I go to church. I go to Sunday school, it revives me. I go to Sunday morning, it revives me. I listen to the choir. I don't analyze the choir. I, I come to hear the choir. I come to say amen. I tell you, I come to Sunday night. I get alone with God in my Bible and read the Word of God. We were in the cemetery this week, Mr. Treber and I, and we drove by the cemetery and we saw some of the different markers without her having to get out of the car. And, uh, and I, we just, I said, I love coming to this place just to pray. Haven't been up on the, on the levee very much these days, you understand? I look forward to getting on my bicycle again. I don't ride it for exercise. I ride out there on those levees, those salt flats. I love to sing as loud as I want to sing. Nobody hears me but the seagulls. They're diving all over the top of me until I start singing, then they leave. Oh, I love, I, I, I want to nurture this thing of, of my walk with God. I want to nurture the things of God, the house of God. I don't want God's house to become careless in these last days. Here in the book of Ezra, I find so much about the church. I want to say, and we'll get to the text. I, I love the church. I respect the church. I want more of the church. I support the church. I learn from the church. I enjoy church. I long for church. I long for church. I long for a carnival hot dog or whatever that is tonight, a circus hot dog, whatever that. I, what, 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 what? I don't know if I'll even eat one. I just like to go see people. God's people are the best. Once in a while you have someone come up to me and say, well, you know how Christians are. I say, yeah, they're great, aren't they? Well, they're gossips. The whole world gossips. You ever hear of the internet? Social media? A bunch of folks that are weak that need to have a voice, and they, they have their platform now, and they have two likes. Real famous. And one's your mother. Tonight, 
55 times in this book. Why is it so preeminent? Because they've been in captivity for 70 years. The book of Ezra is 80 years in duration. But they stumbled when they should have been aggressive. They finally got with it. God sent them a leader by the name of Zerubbabel. Notice what the Bible says in chapter 2, and I just sort of want to go through this with you tonight a little bit. Chapter 2, and before I get to 2, I just see it in my Bible, so I might as well look at what it says. Look at verse 3. Who is there in chapter 1, verse 3? Who is there among you of all the people? His God be with them. Let them go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord. Verse 4, he talks about the silver and all the things that the free will offers for the house of God. Then arose the chief fathers of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and the Levites, and whose spirit God had raised up to go build the house of the Lord. And verse 7, Cyrus the king brought forth the vessels of the house of the Lord. We get to chapter 2 and verse 2, we have the man by the name of Zerubbabel. Then came Zerubbabel. He's also known by two other names in this book, but we'll just use the word Zerubbabel right now. God's going to use in this book two men, Ezra, the scribe, and Zerubbabel, the leader. <clears throat> Let's put that foundation in. Let's build this building. Let's get the house of God. You know, God's always had a place of worship. We had the altar, and, and then we had the temple portable tabernacle, and then we had the temple, and in the New Testament, we have the New Testament local church. Thank God for the church. I love the church. America needs the church. America was founded on the church. I, I read how those Presbyterians began our, for this past week again, our first uh, Bible college in America. The pilgrims landed in 1620. But by 1638, 18 years later, they said, we do not want to have an ignorant people. And in order to be educated, there must be a knowledge of Jesus Christ as a personal Savior. We want students to come to our Bible college that will be adapt to the Scripture and understand the Scripture and be able to give an answer to every man. That Bible college said you must be proficient in the Bible. You must read it in the morning and again later in the day for your personal walk with God. In its tenets, it says these things. That Bible college began. The man that began it, his last name was Harvard. And our first college in America was a Bible college called Harvard College. They trained 48% of those first graduates in the first, I can't remember now, I think 100 years, were, were preachers of the gospel. And then they began to see how Harvard was corrupting. And they said, the, 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 another group of, of Protestants said, we, we've got to change this. We've got to have a better school. Harvard's corrupting. Debauchery. Uh, we're going to start another school. Another Bible college came, 1701. Yale. Then they began to corrupt. And every one of our 10 colleges in America that began were all Bible colleges. Dartmouth was a Bible college. Yale was a Bible college. Brown was started by the Baptists. Tens of thousands still go to Brown College. And it was started to train people for the gospel ministry of Jesus Christ. And to evangelize it, they said it in their tenets, the heathen Indians in America. Bible colleges. They started churches. 
But in America, our churches are closed and we're in trouble. Our public schools in this area in October are having for kindergarten through 12th grade a coming out day. You can't keep your kids in a place like that. A coming out day, you're kidding me. Zerubbabel, God raises him up. Notice what he says in, 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 in verse number, um, uh, in chapter number four, in verse number two, the Bible says, then came Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel's on the scene in verse three of Zerubbabel. He, he, he was, he's talking to these people. And in chapter five and verse number two, again, we have Zerubbabel. God is gonna raise up a leader. Allow God, allow God to raise up a, a spiritual leader in your life that can give direction and give prayer and, give, and, 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 and thought for your life and cares for your life, what God would have you to accomplish with your life. My wife doesn't know. She, I didn't tell her who raised her hand or not this morning. But I asked in the invitation, how many of you don't know your spiritual gift? And I saw many hands, and thank God, you're so, it just thrilled me that, that you're, you're wanting to know what is the spiritual gift God gave me, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, at my salvation, our spiritual gifts. And I saw one lady raise her hand. And she doesn't know her spiritual gift. That lady has troubled my soul all afternoon because I know I've known her for years. I want to meet with her. I want my wife and I to talk to her. I know her dearly. One of our dearest friends. I know two very obvious gifts that she has on her life, and she's using them and exercising it. I've, I've failed as a pastor. I've not explained it well enough in the past that she understands she has the gift of God, and the very fact that these gifts are, are what she's already exercising shows the humility of heart. God gave you something to do with your life. And yes, it may, you, there's things that you do to make income and jobs, but spiritually in the house of God, what is God expecting you to fulfill? Here's Zerubbabel, he says, I'm here to get this thing built. I want you to go back with me in chapter number one. I want you to see how God's people supported the project. Chapter 1, verse 4, And whosoever remaineth in any place where he sojourneth, let the men of this place help him with silver, with gold, and, and with goods and beasts besides the free will offerings for the house of God. It has been so wonderful to stay so long at this church. I, I, I look at what you have done. This is a 3,000-seat auditorium. God used you to build it and pay for it. God used you to build, I don't know if it's, I think a 300-bed, I don't know the number again, 300 ladies' dorm and 300 beds for men. God used you. We have a gymnasium. We have two gymnasiums, both properties. We have two dining halls, both properties. We have, we have so many things that God has given to us. But you know how it all got built? 
you ask these people, and I, I've seen several of you right here, you've been with us the entire journey. You know how it was built? God's people of free will said, praise God, I'll give to rise up and build. I'll give to giving by faith one, giving by faith two, giving by faith three, giving by faith four, a turnkey project, I'll give to that. I'll give to the President's Club, I'll give to the Christian school. I'll buy a desk, we're starting a school. We did it 47 years ago. I, 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 need, I need folks to buy a desk. They're second hand from Sunnyvale Unified School District. But I let a guy, Alex DeChrist, and he got us these desks, his teacher's desk. Second hand, I need you to buy. In one heartbeat, people just bought them all. Everything that God has given to us because people, just like this church, this people, they got involved. And it's not over. We have the finishing meeting, I hope, this Tuesday with the architect because on anniversary Sunday, I'm showing you the next project and we're building. No, we're not stopping now. Look what he says in chapter number, chapter 2, verse 68. And some of the chief fathers who came to the house of the Lord, which is Jerusalem, offered freely for the house of God. And set up in his place, and they gave of the, after their ability under the treasure work three score one thousand drams of gold and, and silver and, and garments. They all got involved. The, the priests, the Levites, the people, the singers, the porters, and the Nephilims. We go on, we find in chapter 3, verse 5, chapter 6, verse 6, and chapter 8, verse 28. They just gave and gave and gave. You know why the sun never sets on this ministry? Because you have given money to keep missionaries on the field around the globe. It's already Monday some places, and they're out preaching. One of our missionaries, I read the letter to our, 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 our minute prayer last night. They have a large ministry in Mexico. They have a building that looks just like this. It's breathtaking. It's air conditioned. But it's double this size. It's 7,000 seats. And they fill it twice on Sunday morning, all 7,000 seats. And they have a Bible college there. I remember when that couple went to the field. I remember Brother A.D. Hampton winning that family to Christ. He's with the Lord. Pastoring in Barstow all those years. And that family went to the mission field, Brother Kevin Wynn, and to see what God has done. And the report we get, and this last month, their college students are out just beating the path of souls. A man who was what recently went home to be with the Lord, he, he, he just said, they can't find a job, I'll hire them. And I'm hiring them every week to go out to go soul winning eight hours a day after school. And yes, I know they have a Bible college, but last month was the same as the month before, and the same as the month before. Last month they had 147,000 people personally led to Christ. It happens every month. They had nearly 3,000 baptized last month, and that's a down month more. It's normally more than that. It could be four, five, 6,000. 
You know, it's an amazing thing how, how people get involved. And I think of what you did. You started, you paid for 400 churches in the Philippines. You paid a pastor's salary for one year and then built them a little. And I know some are like little uh, out in the jungles. I understand that. Some are in bigger cities. But you built them a building. You know how that happened? Some people in the Silicon Valley said, worldwide missions is important. I look at the fact that God raised up a leader and God raised up support. I look at this at chapter four. There's always going to be opposition. Whenever you say rise up and build, the devil says rise up and oppress. When the adversaries of Judah and Benjamin heard that the children of Israel of captivity built at the temple of the Lord of God of Israel. They came to Zerubbabel, the chief of the fathers, and said, let us, let, us, let us build with you, for we seek your God as you do. We sacrifice just like you. And Zerubbabel, ye have nothing to do with us to build a house unto our God, but we ourselves together will build unto the Lord. We're not going to become ecumenical church around here. I'm not going to hold hands with people that do not believe that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again, and he's coming again. They said, no, you don't, you don't have any part with us. May I say tonight, fourthly, the tragedy. I told you earlier that, turn with me to the book of Haggai, please. Haggai. It's in there somewhere. I know it's in the 900 region. Haggai, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah. There it is, page 962. These people had been in captivity. Now they came back. And you know what that happened? They, they, only 50,000 came. It was a remnant. It was a small group. But they got good jobs. They started to make good money. And before they really, Haggai said, you're supposed to be building the house of the Lord. They procrastinated. I, 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 I forget right, I think it was 16 years. Because here's what happened. Verse Haggai 1.3, then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet saying, is it time for you, O ye that dwell in your sealed houses and this house lie waste? Now, therefore, thus saith the Lord, consider your ways. Ye have sown much and bring in little. Ye have not enough. Ye drink, but are not filled with drink. Ye are clothed, but there none that warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it in a, uh, in, into a bag with holes. Thus saith the Lord, consider your ways. This was a rebel bull in chapter number one, verse one of Haggai talking. He goes, I want you to know that we've got a job to do. But you folks, in that time, he says, you're building these sealed houses, inlaid wood. Everything was breathtaking, costly. And he said, God's house is a mess. I respect you people so much. Everything that you built, you take care of. I mean, look at this. This building, August the 20th, is going to be 17 years old. It's going to be packed later this month with Teenagers all over this place jam-packed this thing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Teenagers everywhere. You know what happens? 
at 10, at 11 o'clock at night, God's people that have worked the job all day long come in and vacuum for these teenagers and clean for these teenagers and drive these teenagers to hotels and feed these teenagers, I don't know, a couple thousand, I don't know how many meals you're gonna serve at a time, three times a day. Five, 6,000 meals in a day, I don't know what it would be. And you know what happens before Sunday? If need be, the painters come in and paint. Because this is our house, but this is God's house. Steam cleaners come in and clean these carpets. So when you come to the house of God, it looks like there was never a youth conference with 1,000, 1,500, I don't know how many come, um, wild young kids, but I'm not talking about wild, I'm talking about excited young people, and they'll be preaching. I'm gonna tell you what's gonna happen at preaching. This place will be lined with young people weeping before God and getting right with God. It happens every year. It's been going on for 40 years. 40 years. I need to be done. I could stay with this book of Ezra all night. I want you to say the people came preoccupied building their own homes. But then in chapter number six of Ezra, we'll close. I want you to see in six, chapter six, verse 15, they stuck with the house of God and they finished it. In chapter six and verse 15, the house, this house, this house, this, this, my Bible's opened up and I'm seeing the house of God Chapter 5, verse 2, chapter 5, verse 3, chapter 5, verse 11, chapter 5, verse 15, chapter, chapter 5, verse 16, verse 17, chapter 6, verse 3, chapter 6, verse 5, verse number 5, verse number 7, verse number 7 again, verse number 8, uh, this house and verse number 11, and this house was finished. What house? God's house. And the children of Israel, verse 16, the priests, the Levites, and the rest of the children of captivity kept the dedication of this house of God with joy. And they offered at the dedication of the house, this house, a hundred bullocks and two hundred rams and the same, and, and all that took place, they remained faithful. If we had time, I'd take you to chapter 8, verse 21, how they just stayed with it. My wife and I owe this church so much because you stayed with it. We have three children that are saved and their mates are all saved. And 14 grandkids, 13 are saved. One's just still too young to understand it. You did that for us. You were their Sunday school teachers our boys, all three, are preaching the word of God. You did that for us. Every Sunday school teacher put their lives into our kids. Every, every school teacher at North Valley, they're all graduated from, put their, our lives in, in our children. This church, this church sacrifice helped our son start a church a few years back in Arizona. This church did that. Don't, don't attack the house of God to me. 
everything I own in life, these shoes, these socks, this, this suit, this shirt, this tie, these cufflinks are a result of God's people that have taken care of us. Don't attack the house of God. Well, we got hypocrites here, I know. Why don't you join up? We'll have another one. Come on. God's people are the best. I'd say tonight, young people, John, John, dear John and Maggie, you just got married, and, and, and this Friday night, 6 o'clock, Davy and Becca, uh, Rebecca Bridgman getting married. I thank God. I have confidence those, those couples and the others getting married are going to stay with the house of God. I hope if the Lord tarries and I live to be an old, old man, well, I can't come to this pulpit. I hope I'll, if I have to be in a wheelchair, I hope I come to the house of God just to encourage whoever's preaching. I hope I can keep hearing this choir, that orchestra, those trumpets. I get, I get so thrilled to see the ushers in the balcony and that crowd, every service I look at them, they, they're coming down that aisle and they just line up here. What a church. I look forward to seeing and waving at the parking lot attendants and the security people around here. I look forward to seeing these little children that pass by here. Oh, what a joy. And those junior high age kids and high school kids and college kids and young couples and single adults. Listen, stay with the church. Let me summarize what I'd like to tell you about the church tonight. Keep the, keep the house of God pure. Keep it pure. Don't bring garbage in here. Doctrinal heresy, keep it pure. Keep it a priority in your marriage. John and Maggie, I know you will. I know you will. That's such a thrill. And, and Rebecca, you and Dave, you just keep, keep it a priority. Help me dead and off the scene when you have a family that's growing up. One day you'll get another pastor, but and you might move, and that might, but I want to just tell you, make it a priority. Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. My folks came to California in 1953, and my dad bought a, a new 53 station wagon. And you know, that 53 Chevy started up every Sunday morning, and it drove itself from Centerville to Irvington. And it went back Sunday night, and it went back Wednesday night, and it went back for Tuesday night choir practice, and it went for a Saturday work on the building. I, I lived in a home my mother and dad made a priority. We've got over 100 years of going to church with our family in this country. I hope our children don't drop the ball I pray my grandchildren don't drop the ball. Make, make your church pure. Make your church a priority. Make your church a place of prayer. My house shall be called a place of prayer. Make it a, a place where you can invest your pocketbook. Make it a place where you want preaching and, and encourage preaching. And make it a place where you want precept, line upon line, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. 
Make it a place where you want to know the presence of God. Make it a place where you want to publish from this place the Word of God worldwide through radio and internet and the printed page and sending Acts 13, our sons and daughters, to the world to reach the world for Christ. I love church. I had Pastor Smith as, I, I, as my pastor. He's passed away. I had Pastor Siemens. He's passed away. I had Pastor Sanders. I had Pastor Swanson. I thank God for my pastors. Just thank, thank God for Thank church the priority. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.